Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're at the beaches of Cape Cod, Massachusetts with my new friend, Lisa Morales, a professional photographer at lisamorales.com. Lisa's parents honeymooned in Cape Cod in 1962, and she vacationed there as a child, so it's only fitting that she moved there to escape the snow of Albany, New York, to enjoy life on the beach. In this episode, Lisa tells us about the Cape Cod Baseball League, why you should book a cottage near the beach, and how to get around this collection of small towns. You'll hear about these three fun stories and so much more in this interview. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cape Cod. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Using airline miles and hotel points makes travel affordable, but keeping track of all those loyalty programs can be a challenge. That's why I use AwardWall to track my miles and points balances, reservations, and special goodies like free hotel night certificates and airline companion passes. Having everything in one easy-to-use dashboard helps ensure that I don't lose any rewards and makes logging into my accounts super easy. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWallet to start your free account. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the show. Hey, good morning. It's great to have you here. Today, we're talking about Cape Cod in Massachusetts. I've never really been there, but uh, this is a place that you've came there as a kid, right? I live in Massachusetts. I was born in Massachusetts on the other side of this tiny state. We vacationed here. My parents honeymooned here in 1962. I moved back out here permanently uh, about 15 years ago. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more than just some of the summertime things that people may have heard of. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on in the city. So when you think about it, living there, if you could describe the people or the city in like one or two words, how would you describe it? Ocean. We're all about the ocean here. We're surrounded by ocean. And until they built the bridges, we were an island. (laughs) So here it's all about the ocean and the shoreline and the beautiful nature. A lot of people never get to see because they are on the highway. So it's, yeah, we're all about the ocean here. When people are coming to the Cape Cod, obviously you know, Boston's a great airport for people to go into, but is there a local airport that's nearby or how do people get there? There is. Um, Barnstable County rebuilt their airport a few years ago and Cape Air flies in and out of there as a hub and also onward to Nantucket Air, which is part of Cape Air, I believe. And so now you can actually skip the bridge line of cars and go right into Hyannis at Barnstable County Airport. So that's a big boon for people. Um, But we have other ways to get here too. Nice. Okay, good. And then so say we're flying in, do we need to rent a car or is there public transportation? What's the best way to get around? Well, you can get to Cape Cod by bus directly from Logan Airport. We have two bus lines that run directly every single day. And you just walk out the door at Logan on the arrivals and hop on either the Peter Pan bus or the Plymouth and Brockton bus. And that'll bring you and along the Cape anywhere from, you can stop at Sagamore, Hyannis, Barnstable, all the way out to Provincetown. So if you're coming from afar and you don't want to deal with driving in and out of Boston and on the Cape, you can do it. You can just get right to where you need to go on that bus. Um, we also have a new service called the Cape Flyer that they've been trialing the last couple of years. And you can go right out of South Station, which is a free shuttle bus from Logan, and hop on the Cape Flyer and take the train actually right across, bring you right down to the Cape with uh, no lines, no waiting. That's fantastic. I mean, uh, being the dad of the family, 
I'm the one that always has to drive. So anytime I get a chance to not drive, I'm all for those uh, transportation options. When people are uh, making their plans to come visit Cape Cod, obviously summertime is a great time, but uh, what are some of the other times that are best to visit? I think we have really special things to offer all year round. And fall is my absolute favorite time. After Labor Day and really right through the end of October, it's drier, it's less crowded. It's when our arts activities kick up again, theater and music and symphony and art exhibits, art openings. It takes it a step beyond the summertime art and craft fairs that you'll see everywhere on the Cape. So um, I just think fall is absolutely the best time. And of course, you know, we have some cranberry bogs around here and they look pretty (laughs) spectacular in the fall when they're bright red. And we have a lot of cranberry harvest festivals and I just think it's the best time. The water's still pretty warm. You still get a lot of beach days in there. That sounds fantastic. And I know uh, you as a professional photographer, I'm sure you have amazing pictures of all those uh, of all those things. Oh yeah, and in the winter time, you know, we really do get some spectacular ice flows that'll back up and even in the salt water that are just astounding. And people would be surprised to know that we have hundreds of historic kettle ponds on Cape Cod that were left by the retreating glaciers. And those kettle ponds freeze over and are really great for recreation and just absolutely beautiful to photograph and and just be a part of people ice fish and ice skate and snowmobile. And uh, so that's part of the Cape that many people don't know. And one thing that we forgot to mention, that Cape Cod is more of like a region than an actual city, right? So there's a bunch of different cities that kind of make up Cape Cod. Is that correct? Yeah, we'll call them towns. Okay. <laughs> I don't think we, I don't know if anybody's an actual city at this point, but there, yes, it's actually two different counties and I think 12 towns. So the, all of the arm that most people are familiar with that constitutes Cape Cod, where you see like an arm that comes back up into Cape Cod Bay heading toward Boston, that's all Barnstable County. And then Dukes County is where Martha's Vineyard is and Nantucket is its own everything. It's its own town. It's its own <laughs> own island. It's one town and one island. So that's another unique experience for people is to get out to the two famous islands. We have other smaller islands too, but. Okay. So, so based on that, even if we do take with well, the bus or the rail line, you know, say from Logan to get to Cape Cod, most likely it's going to make sense to have a car if we want to kind of explore all these different areas. Is that correct? Yes, we don't have a really great infrastructure for buses. That doesn't work out so great on the Cape itself. But we do have two amazing bike paths that you can walk or bike to connect many, many, many of the towns together, which is something most people don't know either. And they've really been investing in that to help people you know, walk over the busier streets and not across them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then again, we're all about the water as well. You can get here from New Bedford and Providence too, I think, by boat. There's a ferry service if you're going out to the islands or even if you're coming into Hyannis. So since we're all about the water, there's ways to get around by boat as well. Do you know the name of the ferry service then from Providence? Yeah, we have a couple different ferry services. And so the Cape and Islands Ferry and um, there's a private ferry as well, but the Steamship Authority is our main ferry service, uh, and that's publicly owned. And then there's the Island Queen Ferry Service, and then there's also the Highline Cruises, which comes down. 
And the Bay State Cruise Company is Boston to Provincetown. You can get to P-Town from downtown Boston without a car. Oh, wow. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> so there's a, there's a lot of things happening now to get people around. And you can cruise on the Gray Lady out to Nantucket, which is from Harwichport, and which is kind of a sleepy part of the middle of the game. Gets you right out to Nantucket very quickly. So, so there's some options, um, but car rentals are easiest to get in Hyannis. Um, we have, that's where the airport is. So it's an option. Right on. Yeah. And I think that being able to do something that's more unique, like taking the, taking all those ferries and cruises, that's probably a, a better option just for, just for one, for the uniqueness of it, but also just, I'm sure the views from the boats as you pass along the little towns and the, the scenery in between is just probably a, pretty fabulous. It is. It really is. It also helps us ecologically because we have one aquifer on Cape Cod. It's one. And the more cars and the more traffic, the more damage. So it's terrific when people are able to utilize these kind of unique opportunities to get around without adding to the cars and spending your vacation sitting in traffic. Yeah, no, traffic is bad. <laughs> traffic is bad. <laughs> I used to live in LA and uh, I know traffic way too well. Okay, so if somebody actually does rent a car though, aside from parking on the roads where, you know, stuck in traffic, uh, when you're actually in the towns, is finding parking easy or is it pretty difficult? If it's middle of the summer, it's not easy. All of the beaches have are run by town except for the National Seashore and the state beaches. There are a couple of state beaches down here as well. And so the towns set the rates for what it costs you to pay to park for the day or the week. If you rent for a week, you bring in your rental agreement and you can get a car sticker, but that doesn't mean you're going to get a space. So really encourage people to use, there's a number of park and rides at various stops along Route 6, which runs the length of the Cape. Or stay as close to where you're going to want to go to the beach as possible. Or utilize the bike paths and, and get around. And we're starting to get more and more ride shares. You know, take an Uber to the beach and, you know, have them drop you off right at the, the clam shack and enjoy yourself rather than, <laughs> rather than you know, spend $40 to park and spend the whole afternoon sitting in the car while your kids are jumping around in the waves. When we're thinking about the, all the different towns that are there, and places to stay, where would you recommend people stay? Uh, like bed and breakfast, hotels, Airbnbs? What What are some of the best options? Uh, we have a little bit of everything, but I really encourage people to not stay on the highway type, impersonal, big chain hotels that just face a mall or you know the next hotel. People, I think, are very disappointed when they get down here. And, you know, everything is only a couple miles to the beach. So every ad says that we're only, you know, X number of miles wide here. So I would really encourage people to explore other options and get as close to where you want to actually spend your beach time and then use your car to go up and down to the other towns. It's really not conducive to, we don't have a lot of high rises on the beach. This isn't like if you go down to Florida and you, you know, you're sitting on the beach and you turn around and you've got walls of, of high rises and that's what makes it beautiful here. Um, you generally won't see anything when you turn around from the beach. You might definitely see an ice cream cart, but beyond that, that's what's really unique here. So we are, have got more and more Airbnb and 
more and more bed and breakfasts in each one of the towns. And each town is really unique in what kind of accommodation they have. So people would get really confused because we refer to the upper cape, the middle cape, the lower cape, and the outer cape. And those terms really don't mean much to anybody who doesn't live here. Sure. South Dennis is north of West Dennis. <laughs> East Dennis is north of South Dennis. So once you get the lay of the land, the upper cape is the part that's closest to the bridge when you come over. And then you head out the arm to the elbow, that's Chatham. And then you head start heading toward the outer cape out that way. Once you get the lay of the land, you get the idea. But it's kind of an inside joke for locals that yeah, just go go to South Dennis, which is north of East Dennis, which is west of, you know. <laughs> and it makes no sense whatsoever. But the outermost cape is out toward Provincetown and Truro. And it's very, very skinny piece of land. And that's where I actually first encounter beaches, where the Mayflower actually first came. Oh, wow. <laughs> you say you're having friends come into town and they weren't able to stay with you. Where would you recommend them stay? Like, as far as do you have a couple of the bed and breakfasts or independent hotels that you would recommend? One of the biggest and most fanciest and most long standing place for people to go is at the Chatham Bars Inn, which is not just one structure anymore. They've spread out into other buildings right around the main inn. And so it's got family compounds, it's got all kinds of different types of accommodation, but it's very luxurious and it's it's the quintessential Cape Cod experience to stay at the Chatham Bars Inn. And Chatham is, of course, an incredibly quaint town and they revitalized the Orpheum movie theater there, which is great fun. And there's something going on all the time. You could park your car at the Chatham Bars Inn and never move it for a week and you'd be perfectly happy. So that's a place I think that if you really want to do it right, the Chatham Bar's in. Right on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I like to spoil myself with a little luxury now and then, but I'm also pretty frugal. That sounds like that one is a little bit more on the, on the upper scale. Do you have anything that's more, uh, say, for a family that's on a budget? Absolutely. And then, that's, then you're getting into the, the cottages. And there are so many cottages still available to rent on the Cape. And you can get a two-bedroom cottage for the family for the week. And, you know, it's going to be self-catering. You've got, you know, everything you need. But this Cape was built on those type of accommodation for families. And that's still absolutely the way to go, I think, if you come with a few kids and, you know, extended family and you want to leave the sand outside with your outside shower and, um, you know, have a pile of beach toys around, definitely go with a private cottage rental. And we have tons of agencies on uh, real estate brokers who uh, vet those cottages and take care of everything. Nice. Yeah, it's good. That way they, it's kind of like working with a concierge. They, they handle everything for you. Exactly. Before we end the, the episode and everything, I want to make sure we get a chance to talk about some of the fun things to do besides the, the beach there uh, in Cape Cod, as well as some of the places to eat. So what are some of the things that you recommend people do when they're there? Mini golf. Mini golf's a big thing <laughs> up, and down the, up and down the highways, but there's so much more going on. If you've got a kid who's a, or a teen or a dad or a mom who's a history buff, we have history. And from Sandwich, where it's a glass-making museum, and the Heritage Museum has 
the most amazing vintage car collection. Um, everything from Bugattis to concept cars. People don't know that. Not only that, but it's got gorgeous grounds. So that's the Heritage Gardens and Museums. Then we have the oldest house on Cape Cod, which is early 1600s in Sandwich, all the way out to the Marconi station where the first transatlantic cable was sent. We have all kinds of cool stuff here. The Widow Museum is pirate ship booty. That's in Yarmouth now. We also have some wonderful science going on at the Nature Center in Brewster, and I highly recommend a stop at the Mass Audubon in Wellfleet for anybody. Not only is the exhibit indoors amazing, but those trails that they have access to out on the on the big water are just second to none. Those are some places people will blow right by on the way to the beach, but are really amazing. And Cape Cod National Seashore is one of the largest on the East Coast for a national park. And they uh, have a wonderful visitor center with movies and artifacts from the earliest first peoples on the Cape. They tell the history of the whaling on the Cape. So there's all kinds of really great stuff to see here that's got nothing to do with the beach in summer. Um, We all get those rainy days, but those are the kinds of things that can be enjoyed at any time of year. Absolutely. You know, I, I think it's fun for for the entire family, whether you have young kids, older kids, or you're just there with uh, your girlfriend or spouse. Absolutely. And people still honeymoon here, just like my parents did in 1962. <laughs> nice. One of the other things that I, my dad used to love going to baseball games whenever we traveled, there's a local baseball team there too, right? It's a league and it's awesome. <laughs> the Cape Cod Baseball League has produced so many professional players and these are the cream of the crop of college players from around the country and cape league baseball has been called you know the best kept secret in sports um you get to see the stars of tomorrow up close and personal the kids get to know them on a name basis they stay with local families so they're hosted in the community Each town has their own team, and they play a playoff game up in Fenway. But Cape League baseball is still, you walk in, it's a dollar, $2 donation, and it's all the the excitement of of big league sports. And it's going back, oh gosh, I think almost 100 years now, if not more. Yeah, so if you like baseball and you like your summer evening baseball, that's the way to go. What a great experience. We only have a couple minutes left. I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the great food that's there available in Cape Cod and all the various towns. So what are some of your favorite places to eat? We have our classic Cape Cod food, of course, lobster, lobster. We got our lobster and the Cape Cod creamy clam chowder. And if you go to that little Rhode Island place, it's got red sauce in it. I don't understand that. But Cape Cod chowder is the rich, creamy, often with bacon. And so we have famous chowder houses like Captain Parker's. And of course, there's competitions every year for best chowder. So definitely have to get some clam chowder wherever you happen to be. And there's everything, like I said, there's from clam shacks on the beach and and food trucks to some pretty outstanding four-star meals. But I have a couple of favorites that I love to go to. One is Ella's Wood-Burning Restaurant, which is not quite on the Cape. So if you're fighting traffic and you want to stop and eat a really great meal just before you get to the bridge, it's in Wareham, Massachusetts. 
they do it right. They have octopus popo that they do in the wood burner and they have amazing thin crust pizzas and all those other great stuff. So it's a great place that nobody really knows about. And on the Cape, there's a chain that's a local chain, not a national chain, um, Seafood Sam's. And I love Seafood Sam's. There's four locations, I think. They have something for everything, including if your kids really only want to have chicken fingers and they don't want to have clams. <laughs> um, so that's another option, but there's fine dining all up and down the Cape. And there's nothing quite like hitting nappies in Provincetown, which is an institution on a cold winter evening. And it's eclectic and funky and food, comfort food. And oh, it's just the best. So all the way out to Provincetown, you get to go to nappies. Okay, well, one thing we haven't talked about yet is where do you want to go if you're going to have like like a breakfast, maybe it's a brunch or breakfast before you go out to the beach and before you go to explore the whole cape, where would you go for that? On the Mid-Cape um, in Dennis, definitely Grumpy's, which is the best name because, yeah, everybody in there is grumpy because they're just waking up and, you know. <laughs> they haven't had the coffee not yet. The, not the staff, but, the, you know, the patrons are grumpy till they get there. But, you know, love Grumpy's, you know, live near Grumpy's for years and years. So Grumpy's has the best homemade hash you'll ever taste. Very efficient service. There might be a line, but they move people quickly. Try to go when people are in church. <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody goes after church. So that's Grumpy's and it's overlooking a marsh. And I think it's the best breakfast place anywhere. Right on. That sounds great. With that, we're going to leave it for the rest. We'll have everything else in the show notes and that we didn't get a chance to talk about. But now it's time for the final countdown. So Lisa, if somebody only had time for one meal in the Cape, where should they go and what should they eat? Pizza Barbone. I love Pizza Barbone. They've only been there a few years in Hyannis, right on Main Street, not a very large dining room, but they brought over a pizza oven from Italy. It's a work of art, copper and this and that, and they do everything from the grilled veg to the pizzas themselves right in that wood-fired oven right across from the John F. Kennedy Museum. And whether it's a special meal or a meal with friends, they have the best wine list, I think. Yeah, Pizza Barbone, Main Street Hyannis. It's hard to beat pizza and wine from uh, from Italy. So, I mean, that's that's awesome for me. So you visited the Cape when you were young, and you've lived there for a number of years now. Uh, obviously, your, your parents have a special memory of their honeymoon there. What's your most memorable story? It's a story that I only have a picture of, but I heard about a lot, is that when the moon landing happened, my dad went all over the Cape to find a small black and white TV to bring to our cottage. And we were here with friends. So we had two families together in 1969. And he went and found one so that we could all sit and watch the landing right here on Cape Cod. And so I have pictures of us gathered around this little TV with the rabbit ears. But yeah, I think that's kind of a cool memory. No, that's fantastic. I mean, I think today we kind of take it for granted. I mean, I don't even know how many TVs we have in our house, let alone iPads and and laptops. So we kind of forget that it wasn't that long ago that actually having a TV in your home was was pretty rare. Yeah, putting a man on the moon, but no TV in the house. (laughs) Absolutely. There's obviously a lot that's happy that goes on in Cape Cod. Uh, Where's the happiest happy hour? 
you know, Massachusetts being rather Puritan doesn't do happy hour per se anymore uh, since I was young. So we have happy hour that doesn't involve the kind of, you know, 10 cent wings and 10 cent beers that they do in other places. So just before anybody gets too excited to come on up here for happy hour, <laughs> it's not the same deal. However, we do have some really great places that are on the water. And I think happy hour on the water with the sunset. I think to me, that's the best way to go. And uh, once you get away from downtown Hyannis and you wander over toward Hyannis Harbor, there are a number of really great places that have a porch that's out there overlooking the water and watch the sun go down, watch the ferry come in. And I think any one of those is a really great choice for a happy hour. If you were going to say, like, say I came to town and we were going to hang out and uh, watch the sunset that way, where would we go? Uh, what's like your favorite place? The Black Cat is over that way, and that's always nice. And in the summertime, they have these little artist cottages. You know, they're just for art to sell art out of. These uh, they call them shacks, but they're cuter than shacks. And the just just wonderful. You can sit out there and uh, enjoy that, enjoy some music, and do some shopping. But the Black Cat Tavern and the Harbor Shack are right there on Ocean Street. That sounds great. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like so much fun. I can't wait to come out there and visit. One thing that I always do whenever I travel is look for the best pepperoni pizza in town. I know we just talked about Pizza Barboni, but if I wanted to get pepperoni pizza, would I go there or someplace else? Well, you know, Massachusetts people have a big thing about with the thick pizza, the thin pizza, and, and all that other good stuff. I'm not a pepperoni person, but I do think that everybody on the game is going to give you a different answer for that. But I do like traditional, you know, good old pizza that's got nothing to do with chains. And probably one of my favorites is still in Dennis, and that's called Showtime Pizza. Get a lot of Showtime Pizza over over my days here. Um, and I think they do a nice job. They do it right. It's nothing crazy fancy. It's just real pizza with the nice chewy crust and not too much of stuff and you can grab your pizza and go down and watch the sunset on Mayflower Beach. Obviously you travel a lot. You live in a, a place that people travel to every year. What's your best travel tip? Oh boy, I do travel a lot. Travel light. <laughs> That's my best travel tip no matter what. No matter what, if you're burdened down by your stuff, you're not going to enjoy yourself and you don't need anywhere near as much as you think you do and I you walked the Camino de Santiago four times I've gotten it down to what I really need and what is the best amount of enjoyment and when you see the families that are pulling out everything they ever owned out of the back of the SUV just to have <laughs> a couple of hours at the beach it's not fun and you know kids don't need anything other than one shovel and let them go. <laughs> They're going to have a great time. So I just travel lightly. Wherever you're traveling, travel lightly upon our planet and travel lightly in your soul and travel lightly with your stuff because everything will be better. That's wonderful advice. And with that, we're going to leave it there. So Lisa, I really appreciate you coming onto the show. Uh, you've shared a wonderful tips about Cape Cod and the whole area there. I've learned a lot and I look forward to being able to come and visit. But for people that don't really know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how people can connect with you online? Sure. I've been a professional photographer now for the last two years. After a couple of other iterations, I'm on my third career. My children are 22 years apart, so I've had 
a couple of different rounds of traveling the world with kids. So I'm living on the Cape. My son finishes school in a couple of years. And then I hope to hit the road for a good long while. Always coming back here for holidays, I hope. But I do enjoy travel photography, but I really enjoy street photography, meeting people from all over the world and sharing their stories and pictures. That's wonderful. I, and I, I know I've seen some of your photos on your website and I'm just in awe of your skill. <laughs> if I could just be like maybe like a tenth as good as you are, then my blog will be awesome uh, with all the pictures I can take. So um, I can't wait to be able to show some of your photos in, in the show notes for this episode. So uh, with that, if, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, uh, we're going to have links in the show notes, but if somebody wanted to reach out to you, say on, uh, on social media or via your website, what's the best way for that to happen? My email is lmoralesphoto at gmail.com and my website's my name, lisamorales.com. So that's the easiest way to find me. All my contact stuff is right there on the website. And if people want to work with me, they can hit that page too, work with Lisa. That sounds fantastic. Well, Lisa, again, it's been great to have, uh, talk with you, learn all about Cape Cod, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. You too, Lee. Big thanks to Lisa for coming onto the show and sharing her tips for Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Show us some love by following her on Instagram and commenting on her photos at Lisa Morales Photo. Send me a tweet at We Travel There to share your favorite thing about Cape Cod, Massachusetts. All the links we talked about today can be found at wetravelthere.com forward slash Cape Cod. We want to say thank you to AwardWall for being an affiliate sponsor of today's episode. You work hard to earn travel rewards and make your vacations affordable. AwardWall makes keeping track of those valuable rewards a piece of cake with a simple dashboard. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash AwardWall to start your free account today. For questions about an upcoming vacation, visit the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook for the best trips from travelers like you and me. Join us next time as we head to Stowe, Vermont to speak with Tara Lee Weathers of thiswonderfulplace.com. Tara Lee and I talk about saving money at the local ski slopes and what it's like running a popular retreat in bed and breakfast. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe, that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations.